welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm so excited. I've got Alana Vinci. Is that how I say your last name? Yeah, yeah. Vinci. Yep. You got it right. <laughs> um, Alana Vinci. So Alana Vinci is a naturopath um, with a focus on holistic medicine and nutrition. So she works predominantly with clients in supporting their gut, their skin, horm- their skin, their hormones, um, and their immunity. So I have so many questions. I can't wait to pick your brain today. Welcome to the potty. <laughs> Thank you so much, Marissa, for having me. I'm so excited. It is really exciting. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, I've been hanging out to have a naturopath on the podcast because a lot of my business has been grounded in um, the principles of um, naturopathic medicine because I was studying originally to be a naturopath and then, I don't know, my path led me here. I didn't complete to complete my um, naturopath course, but I was really passionate about it and I was particularly passionate about the history of it and, like, um, yeah, all of the um, fundamentals that made it up. And I guess uh, we'll get into that today. But, yeah, it's so cool to yeah. have you on to talk about it's, all of it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And it's so nice to talk to someone who also has an interest in it as well because I could talk yeah. about it all day long, but some people don't want to reciprocate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Literally. I can talk about what I want. It's great. So, yes. yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. Absolutely. So, I mean, touching on... Uh, it's a good starting point when we're talking about the principles of naturopathy. One of the main things that I thought was just really cool was when they would talk about your vital force or like your vital energy in naturopathy. And I think that's one of the main things that um, is like the bouncing off point for how you then go about treating your patients and um, how you assess your patients and stuff like that. So, can you give a bit of a background, like on yeah, the background of naturopathy and like what is our vital energy? What's our vital source? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think what that's one thing that really interests me with naturopathy is that it, you know, we are really focused on our physical symptoms and how we got there, but the vital mm-hmm. force really is that innate energy that we all have. So it's, you know, it, but it, it varies person to person. So our vital force really is another way of saying our life force or our overall energy, even our aura, just kind of that little twinkle in our eye that everyone has, but it varies mm. person to person depending on what we've gone through. So, um, for example, you know, you might meet an old, older person who's in their 80s or 90s, but they just have that little twinkle in their eye. They've got that young at heart attitude. They bounce back from illness. And it's not about how old they are, their physical presentation, but it's that life force within them. Yeah. Um, and it really is that differentiating factor between a living being and a non-living being. It's our soul at the end of the day. And that is driving our ability to heal um, yeah. and driving just, you know, our motivation and getting up and going and everyone has a different level of that Mm -hmm. and it can really you know things that influence that can be emotional it's more of a spiritual level that then manifests in a physical way so our vital force can be influenced by things like trauma stress um shock grief things like that and we carry that on an emotional level and that can really i guess affect or unbalanced if that's a word yeah like mm-hmm. unbalanced our vital force and it is a bit of a struggle to get that back yeah. so I guess fundamentally our vital force is what keeps us going and helps us heal and recover from things that we're going through um and I guess that kind of ties in with the history of naturopathy because you know naturopathy has been around you know 400 BC I think the earliest um notes were on that um so cool. 
And it's all about, it is so cool. Like <laughs> I'm just a baby naturopath and I'm like, there's so much, you know, that's been going yeah. on before my time. And yeah. So um, what's really interesting is just the principles of naturopathy and how that ties in with the fiber force. It's not based on our physical being. It's not based on a symptom and kind of muting that. It's about healing and teaching um, our patients how to, how to almost heal ourselves and empower them and yes. how to strengthen our vital force as well. Yes, I yeah. love that. That's such a um, in-depth ex- explanation, and I it really excites me because I mean, just like side note, when I created my skincare line, that was my main driving force. I was like, you know, the body is intelligent; the body has an innate ability to heal. Like, I want my products just to nurture that process, as opposed to. Um, you know, making products that are going to interfere with how your body naturally functions. So I just love hearing about it. I think it's really cool. And I think it's really, maybe there's like a bit of a shift in consciousness, I would say, as a society as a whole. I think people are shifting towards wanting to look at um, their health more holistically. I don't know what that has to do with maybe a bit of like COVID, but people were in lockdown. They had a bit of time to be um kind of a bit more reflective on, you know, how they see themselves. But Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really important to, I guess, think about our whole energy and how that can affect um, the way that we move move about the world because it's just, yeah, it's not enough to only treat the symptoms, really. You know, it's not effective. Absolutely. You really need to look at how you got there. Yeah. On a deeper level, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, do you have a lot of clients that come to you more for chronic conditions or acute conditions as well? Like what are you usually, um, you're usually dealing with like hormones and stuff like that. So yeah, what do you find most common? The type of patients that gravitate towards me are usually women. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always set myself up, you know, I I always loved gut health. I always loved mental health, but I have seen a lot of skin and hormonal issues. And then Mm -hmm. that kind of link, you know, between the immune system and how the gut's functioning and even stress because sometimes people come see me with they think they've got one thing going on and then we yeah. have that and then it just explodes and it's like it's not this one thing that you thought it's this this and this that's all yeah. what you're coming in with today so I don't really put like a label on what I like to deal with or I really don't know what's coming through the door sometimes but yeah. it mainly is that link between mental health gut health skin and hormones. Yeah, amazing. It's so interesting how people, like myself included, I had quite a linear approach to health. Like I was like, you know, it's just this or this. and But it's really a bit more kind of cyclical. Like I remember when I was working on my skin, I was like, oh, it's um, my gut or it's, it's not, no, it's my hormones. It's not my gut. And like, little did I know they're like so closely intertwined. It's like, in order to work on your hormones, you need to work on your gut. It's yeah. like, yeah, you really got to do some digging to figure out what's going on. So I think that's like the beauty of going and seeing a naturopath, because I guess your consultation process is like one of the most, would you say one of the most important parts of what you do, like talking to Absolutely. a patient and all so there, I guess, the comparison between, say, you know, a visit to the GP, which is 15 minutes, which is great, mm. but an initial consult for me isn't, which is great. It's awesome. It's awesome. It is an initial um, hour consult. And, what, you know, what is drummed into us is 
you know, we are investigators. We need to ask a wide range of questions, you know, and I always let my clients know before the consult, I might ask you some questions that complete, sound completely random. You might be like, why are you asking me this when I've come in for my allergies, but you're asking me about my life at home. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, you really take that hour to dive deep and really understand that person and what they're going through, not just physically, but, you know, emotionally. And I go back to even childhood, birth, what happened when you were born, all of these things, because it plays such a role in how we develop over the years as well. So the initial consult really is that make or break appointment where you have to almost find out everything. I mean, it is a journey. You're not going to find out everything on the first consult, but um, that's the investigative process. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that gives like patients an idea of what, what they can expect, like what, what, they can expect on on their part on what they have to give to the process because what I love about working with naturopaths is that it's like a two-way thing it's not just like you go you sit there you get told what to do it's kind of like you got to join the process and like you work like together in order to get somewhere it's not just like here take this go away come back Absolutely. Yeah. And then that really goes back to, you know, one of the principles of naturopathy, which is doctor is teacher and do no harm. Yes. Um, Even identifying and treat the cause, they're all our principles because too often, um, you know, I'll meet clients or, you know, they'll have a medication or have been told something that they don't even fully understand. There isn't that informed consent with what they're taking. They may not know the side effects. So my role as a naturopath also is to inform my clients this is what's going on. This is why I've prescribed certain herbs or supplements and empowering them to go off and understand what's going on in their body. I'm not really there to tell them what to do. I'm just there to guide them as well. Yeah, but, I know, love and that. It shouldn't be something, you know, you shouldn't have to see a naturopath for your whole life. It should be yeah. a bit of a journey. You see each other and then you have the tools to go off and do it. All. Yeah, I love it. It's so yeah. empowering. Amazing. Um, one of my main things that I've been really digging into this year is digestive health. I've been like on an absolute mission to find out everything I know about digestive health because yeah, I don't know why I didn't know this sooner, but it's literally like the cause of so many things in the body. Um, and I guess I wanted to pick your brain about digestive health, um, how it impacts our overall health, how it impacts our hormones. Um, you know, is it environmental? Is it nutrition? Is it everything? Mm. What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, you know what, once you start, you can't stop talking about digestion. Yes. It's just one of those things. Um, and, you know, I was really thinking about it the other day. I'm like, what what doesn't digestion affect? You know what I mean? Like it really is, you know, our stomach's there. It is the central part of us. It is the first point of call, you know, when we're eating. It's, you know, besides chewing, our food goes straight to our stomach and that's where our nutrients are absorbed. That's where, you know, most of our immune function is. Um, not, not a lot of people know that our, our gut is our second brain and also has about 80% of our immune cells in there as well. So when you think about that and if our gut is functioning, um, I guess, not optimally, the knock-on effect throughout the body is so wide. So, for example, first of all, um, I guess the main one would be skin. So as we were talking about before, a lot of people don't realise that their skin issues may be a cause of, of poor gut health because it can stem from maybe an imbalance of the microbiome, dysbiosis, things like that. Um, <clears throat> there may be nutrient deficiencies. It may be that we're not absorbing our nutrients properly. And mm-hmm. we often forget as well, our, our skin is our largest organ. It is a purpose for elimination besides going to the toilet, we do eliminate through the skin. And sometimes when we aren't eliminating properly, um, you know, going to the toilet properly, 
say, for example, constipation, our next point of call is the skin. So we end up with flare-ups. It can be acne, eczema, psoriasis, just random rashes here and there. Like, so many things can be influenced by the way that our gut's functioning and the way that we're going to the toilet. Um, It even, you know, plays a role in with the liver because I guess the liver's part of the digestive system. If Mm -hmm. we are having, um, if our liver's not detoxifying our hormones sufficiently, we have a build-up and recycling of hormones in the liver and then estrogen builds up and then that causes cyclic acne, things like that, it all yeah. really p- plays a role. So, yeah, that's like mindful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, in that in that as well, the relationship between skin and hormones, mm-hmm. there's also the nervous system element as well. Mm-hmm. So there is a massive relationship between our nervous system and our gut. I don't know yeah. if you've heard of it. It's the gut-brain axis. So is this the vagus, the vagus nerve, the va- is that right? The vagus nerve, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's basically that by, it's like a communication between the gut and the brain and it's yeah. a two-way street. So mm-hmm. they're constantly in communication and, yeah. you know, our gut is also responsible for producing a lot of our neurotransmitters that we mm-hmm. need for an adequate nervous system to function. So if we're not producing neurotransmitters or providing precursors for those neurotransmitters to be produced, then that plays a role in how, you know, we may present with anxiety or stress or depression and things like that. So gut really is that kind of first and main place of health in my eyes. Yeah, it's like got a lot to answer for. And Mm -hmm. I had dealt with uh, like a lot of skin issues, um, which obviously got me to where I am today. So grateful for it. Mm. But your your skin's gorgeous. Yeah, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. So, um, but yeah, when I was on that journey, she would be asking me a lot of questions about my nervous system. And I honestly didn't even know how to answer the questions. I was like, what do you mean by nervous system? Like, I think I'm fine. Like, I'm all right. Like, you know, sometimes I have a little bit of anxiety, like I'm all good. And then, you know, she was quite like, you know, asking some really like deeper questions and she was like, you know, how do you respond to stress or, you know, how many coffees do you have a day? And you almost normalize your level of, I mean, the nervous system is vast. There's a lot of things in it, but if I'm just talking about the stress portion of our nervous system and anxiety, it's like you almost um, like normalize the anxiety that you feel. So she was chatting to me and she was like, so you do realize that there's like a more optimal way to live. She was like, you've just kind of like normalized the stresses that you feel. And she's like, and it's just become normal for you. She's like, but it's not, it's not great. She's like, your body's just like adapted to it, which yes, yep. kind of blew my mind because, and it makes a lot of sense because I think about people who are quite ill or who suffer with like migraines and stuff like that. And you, you look at them and you're like, how do you like live like day to day? Like how are you functioning? And it's like the body's so intelligent that it just gets used to it and you normalize it, but it doesn't mean that it's optimal. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think mm. in this day and age, we are really programmed to push on and our yes. level of stress. I feel like we've adapted to that. You know, it's normal to not be able to sleep and worry about things and be stressed and have, you know, yeah. but we, we still push through. Mm. And I, I see so many clients and I'll be like, how are your stress levels, you know, rated on a scale of one to 10? They're like, oh, I'm not really stressed. Like stress doesn't really bother me. And then two seconds later, it's like they've got things going on at home. Their work yeah. works bad. And I'm like, I think you do have stress. <sighs> You've just been going through it for so long that you forgot. You don't realize that it is stress. It's just your yes. normal. You know, <laughs> you normalize it. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And it's a common conversation that I 
kind of experience as well when I'm chatting to friends and stuff like that. And I'm like, are you okay? Like, how are you okay? And it's, it's something that I think as a society, we don't really value processing emotions or the only emotion that is valued is to feel just, just be happy, like just be happy and just yeah. be chilling the whole time. And it's really, really harmful. And it's something that I'm like so passionate about when I'm speaking to friends or if anyone's telling me their problems and they're like, oh, I just feel so angry, but I have to get over it. I was like, no, just be angry. Like just, you're allowed to be angry. Like you're allowed to feel your emotions. And I think that's what um, really impacts like so many people's nervous systems because no one feels anything. Everyone's just like, push it down, push it down. And then Absolutely. it like manifests in disease or chronic illness. Yeah. Yeah. It's that soldier on attitude and it really mm. gets us nowhere. There's only so long that we can live like that before something's just yeah. going to be like the universe will, will make something happen that forces you to stop and really reassess everything. So literally, um, it's so interesting. And that really says a lot about our society and how we don't really take yeah. time to relax or we do think that we are, but we're actually not, you know, so yes. people don't even realize half the time that they're constantly in a fight or flight state. That's like, exactly right. That's exactly the thing. And, yeah. you know, I was thinking about it before and how being in fight or flight constantly, it cuts off so many other processes that our body normally needs to do. Simple things yeah. like going to the toilet, having a period, you know, absorbing nutrients. Because stress and that fight or flight is taking over, yeah. we don't even know that it's happening. And then we wonder yeah. why, why are my periods weird? And yeah, so it's that compartmentalized like fuel. Yes. Like you're going, why my brain and my body's here? And it's like, no, dude, like that's all one thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but we are, and I'm not saying like I'm on the outer um, like circle that like I felt the same way. I'm like, no, I'm mentally fine. But I was like, hang on, why is my body like not doing what I need it to do? Um, and it's just like coming in tune with your with your body. So yeah. Yeah, I saw, do you know that guy, his name's, uh, I don't know how to say it, it's like Gabor Mate or something like that. I have to send you some of his videos. I reckon you would have, you would have seen him. He comes up, he does a lot of podcasts and stuff, but he deals with, um, he has a book called um, The Myth of Normal and he talks about how, um, yeah, the myth of normal, we we normalise like all of these diseases and he's like, that's great that we've normalised it, but it's actually not optimal. And he said like by... Um, like the age of 30, most like 70% of people you know will have like a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how are we dealing with that? And I guess that's where naturopathy and like holistic health comes in. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll send them to you. Yeah. He's so cool. Yeah. He's so interesting. You'll like, you could listen to him for days. He's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I need something like that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some signs and symptoms of an impaired nervous system? So I guess going off the fact that most people are like, no, I'm fine. Like what are some good ways to actually just come in tune and be like, okay, hang on, let me, let me figure out what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the most obvious one would be sleep. Mm-hmm. Sleep can really tell us a lot about, you know, how a person's functioning, how the nervous system's functioning, because, a lot of people even normalize insomnia. People normalize falling asleep with a podcast on or things like yeah. that where they need a substance or something external to help them fall asleep. And that is almost a telltale sign of something isn't going, something isn't right in the nervous system. Um, you know, we aren't producing the right hormones and the chemicals at the right time. They may be staying awake from worry, stress. They, they struggle to wind down at the end of the night. Um, and then that affects, I guess, the next day when they haven't had a good enough sleep. And then they wake up with anxiety and stress all over again. So it is a little bit of a, um, you know, a vicious cycle. 
Um, yeah. Other telltale signs, you know, besides sleep, um, can be just constant stress. Someone who may, I guess, anxiety. They may struggle to leave the house. They may blow up and have a lot of anger. Um, those quite obvious signs of emotional signs. But then if you're looking at physical signs of nervous dysfunction, it would then again be just um, digestion because that link between the nervous system and the gut, they may have irritable bowel syndrome, syndrome which is a known um, symptom of nervous dysfunction. It's actually more of a mental and emotional condition rather than physical, which is really interesting. So that kind of cause of you know stress and nervous function dysregulation causing spasm and dysregulation in the gut and in the bowel. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be things like uh, having a lost period, an absent period, stress um, and anxiety can cause that to kind of shut off and not be a priority for the body. Um, it can be so many things. It can be acne breakouts. Yeah. yeah. I think the most obvious one would be sleep. But, yeah, a lot of people kind of go through life not realising that their anxiety, their stress, their depression may be caused by so many different things or results of nervous system dysregulation. So um, even, I guess, fundamentally nutrition, it really comes down to what are we putting in the body? Are we getting the right nutrients for, you know, neurotransmitter production and um, supporting our nervous system with magnesium, B vitamins, things like that, omegas, um, which is so important for, you know, our nerve function and all of that. Um, And then are we absorbing it as well? Because stress and nervous system dysregulation can really affect the way that we absorb, the way that, you know, our gastric acids produce, because we need gastric Mm -hmm. acid, right, to break down our nutrients so then they can be utilised around the body. If we're constantly stressed, constantly nervous, things like that, that is something that really gets compromised as well. So we're not actually utilising our nutrients and then that has a knock-on effect with gut, skin, hormones, inflammation, all of those things. Yeah, yeah, right. Amazing. I guess mm. on the note of, um, you know, nutrients, absorbing nutrients and things like that, mm. I did want to ask you about um, clarifying information on iron. I feel like what? So I, it's actually a little bit more complex than I thought. Like, you know, I think a lot of people go, oh, I'm, I'm insufficient in iron and they grab like a supplement from um, the supermarket. But I have... Like that, the supplements from the supermarket—they're not always really great. I've heard, and I know I've experienced—they really hurt my stomach. Yeah. But like, what's what's the difference between heme iron and non-heme iron? Like, okay. can you just give me, yeah, give me like an overall on it because it's a bit confusing to me. Totally. I'm so happy you brought this up because there's so many misconceptions around iron <laughs> and it's so easily accessible. Like, oh, my iron levels are low. I'm going to grab an iron supplement. Yeah. No. That's not how no. It is. <laughs> no. Um, no. But to answer your question, sorry, first of all, heme, yeah. sorry, heme iron and non-heme iron. Heme is a form that comes from animal products only. It's found in right. bone marrow, right? So it has to come from an animal, has to come from bone. Um, and then non-heme iron comes from plants as well yeah. as dairy and eggs. So heme iron, I would say, is the most easily available an available source for the body. It's easily absorbed. It's easily utilised. Non-heme iron is a little bit more difficult. It's not as readily absorbed, but it is still sufficient for people, say, who don't eat um, animal products or things like that, um, or people with hemochromatosis who cannot have a lot of iron. I think a non-heme source is better a better option for them because it's yeah. not as potent, I guess. Um, and, yeah, so 
to answer your question as well, with iron, it's not, it doesn't even come down to what kind of iron you're eating sometimes. It can be, you can have all the iron in the world, you can have all the iron supplements in the world, but if you're not addressing the underlying cause of the iron uh, insufficiency or deficiency, then you're really just kind of making your symptoms worse in a way and not addressing yeah. the real reasons. So, for example, the first point would be, um, are you absorbing iron properly in the gut? Are we utilising it? Um, do we have a, do we, we may be giving our body iron, but are we actually able to break it down and, and let it travel around the body? So there, that, you know, that could be to do with, you know, improving someone's gut health, improving someone's absorption and gastric acids and things like that to actually utilize it. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, it could be that we are having iron with foods or beverages or other supplements that actually compete with iron and affect the absorption of iron as well. So the most, I guess, common example would be having coffee with food or having coffee quickly after having an iron supplement. So a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. So a lot of people (laughs) don't realize, you know, there's um, something called tannins, which are in coffee, green tea, wine as well. These actually cause our body to not really absorb iron very well. It competes with the absorption. It competes with the uptake. And a lot of people may be like, you know, I'm having my iron, but I'm also having it with my coffee. That's how I have it in the morning, you know, and they're not realizing that it's completely just ruining everything. So um, with that being said as well, you know, you may be needing to pair iron with vitamin C or things like that that are going to help the absorption rather than inhibit their absorption. And another thing I always point out is, really understanding your supplement. So it's all well and good to go to the supermarket and pick up an iron supplement, but there may be people out there who are also taking something like zinc for skin, which is an example of zinc and iron actually compete for absorption at the same time. So you do need to separate those two, maybe one in the morning, one at night. And these little things, a lot of people don't really realize until you talk to someone with a bit of experience or knowledge and how um, it is much more complicated than worrying about heme iron or non-heme iron and getting that in the diet. There's so many other factors that influence its absorption as well. Yeah. It's so interesting. No, no. I think it's so interesting because it's so funny. Like you'd be like, you think uh, like I, you, a lot of the time you're like, yeah, I, I know what's wrong. I'm going to try and like fix my issue. And then it's like, no, no, no. Like, it's like, there's actually so much to it. So, um, it's actually kind of mind blowing. I mean, there is, um, it's so individualized as well. Like, you know, yeah. it's worth sitting down with someone and, and figuring out what's going on. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you have an opinion about the, um, like type of iron that's available in, I think it's like ferrograd mm. iron that's available in like chemists and supermarkets. Do you like yeah. recommend, obviously you would recommend your client something that's a bit more, um, maybe more easily accessible to you as opposed to the consumer. Um, yes. Yeah. What's your opinion? I have a very, look, it's not a very good opinion about <laughs> um, like, I guess over the counter products or the ones that the GP recommends. I find yeah. that, like like magnesium and other nutrients, there are different forms of iron that are better absorbed and have different effects on, on the body. So yeah. I guess Ferrograd C, I think that's the one from the pharmacy or whatever that you can buy over the counter. Yeah. That can be really, really irritating for the gut. It really is dependent on the form. I can't remember what the form of iron is, but yeah. that form of iron is very irritating on the gut. So not only are you ingesting iron, mm-hmm. you're then causing gastrointestinal issues, which in the long run, 
really can affect further absorption of iron and then causes a whole other set of <gasps> issues. It also causes things like constipation and yes. just things that we don't want. And yes. yeah. it's very, it can be very frustrating. You know, someone might come in and be like, oh, I've got an iron supplement. It's not really working. Or I'm, um, I have to kind of keep my opinions to myself, but I'm like, that, that, it's not their fault because that's what they're told <laughs> from the GP. Like, I wouldn't know any yeah. better until I started studying naturopathy as well. So yeah. I always recommend there are practitioner products out there um, that can be more gentle on the gut. They don't have the side effects of constipation and they are usually paired with maybe vitamin C and other cofactors to help with not only absorption of iron, but transporting the iron around the body as well, like copper, yeah. magnesium, things like that. So um I don't usually encourage someone to just pick up an iron supplement if they've come back with maybe low iron on their blood test because yeah. that sometimes isn't even indicative of iron um, deficiency. It can also be um, just something else that's really, it could be that they have enough iron, but they may not be having the cofactors to transport the iron. It really depends on that, what those levels yeah. are. And it can be very dangerous for someone to just see their iron test and be like, I'm low iron pick up an iron supplement, but that's actually not the reason for it. Yeah. Um, and I was having this conversation with my client, um, one of my clients who who was wanting to just keep replenishing their iron supplements. And I'm like, yeah, I really need you to go get a blood test. I ethically cannot give you an iron supplement yeah. because if you've already got enough iron in the body, it can be toxic. If you have too much iron, it's toxic. It can cause symptoms of iron deficiency when you have too much iron as well. Right. And it's people don't realize that you can have too much iron as well. Yeah, because that, that's yeah. kind of what happened. I got a blood test and I had um, my practitioner explain it to me, like, and you can tweak this explanation because I'm probably going to butcher it, but she pretty much was like, <laughs> you have, she's like, you have little carriers. She's like, you have little boats available. She was yeah. like, but no one's getting in the boat, essentially. So she basically was saying, like, there's enough transport transportation available but like there's not enough iron available yes does that make any sense <laughs> that's exactly right yes so i yeah. think a lot of people think that <laughs> Very good explanation. Oh, thank, thank you, you. <laughs> yeah, <take it. laughs> i love the um, yeah, um i i people think that iron i guess is just like iron is your red blood cell essentially it, is, yeah. but it actually is iron and protein that makes hemoglobin which is what is going around that is a red uh-huh. blood cell. you know what i mean it makes mm-hmm. it's not just iron um, alone, you just need iron to help form a red blood cell. Yeah. Um, so then there is all those other processes. You need it to be carried around. There's transferrin. There's also, you know, on your blood test, you'll see like ferritin, transferrin, um, saturation, things like that. They all come into play. It's not just the ferritin that we're looking at. It's how much saturation is there of red blood cells and iron. Um, how is it being transported around the body? So it isn't um, a matter of whether there's enough iron because often there is, but it's just not being transported efficiently. And instead of going in with an iron supplement, you may go in with magnesium or copper or some other type of vitamins to help with that transportation. So exactly what she said. Yeah. So helping the little boat get around. Yeah. Maybe um, that, because, you know, red blood cells, they do deliver oxygen around our body. So without that, that may be reasons for fatigue rather than it being an issue with iron itself. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I guess moral of the story is don't self-subscribe supplements. Go test, figure it out, and then get good quality supplements um, that are going to be taken at the right time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Absolutely. Yes. 
yeah, amazing. Um, I really wanted to ask you about, this is another thing that I've been on for like months is mushrooms and how, not on them actually, but like <laughs> researching, but like researching. <laughs> You're like, right, that makes so much sense. Explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> Explains everything. I wanted to talk about mushrooms, how they can be used medicinally. Do you take um, mushrooms medicinally? Can we grow them? What's the go? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, at the moment, I'm not taking any mushrooms. I have, um, yeah. and I'll get into that as to why. But yeah. first of all, mushrooms, I'm a big fan of mushrooms. That's probably one of my most asked questions. I'll have friends messaging me like, should I buy this mushroom? Like, yeah, I think they're awesome. Um, they are really the way of the future. And they just, depending on the species, they have such amazing actions in the body. So um I specifically was taking a mix of mushrooms when I was getting over COVID because they have, so like, I guess the main mushrooms are like cordyceps, lion's mane, chaga, reishi, shiitake. They're probably the most prominent ones that we know of. Yeah. Um, they have actions that can really not only boost the immune system and, you know, mm-hmm. they're antiviral, they have anti-cancer properties. They're absolutely great. Yes. There's a lot of research coming out about that. But they also have adaptogenic properties as well. I don't know if you're familiar with adaptogens, but they basically revitalize our energy. They, you know, help us resist stress. They're just that really grounding kind of nourishing supplement and adaptogenic Mm. kind of, I guess you could use the word tonic or nutrient, um, that can really rebuild someone after convalescence or being ill or stressed, just anything. They're just awesome. And there's even research, you know, to do with anti-cancer, specifically, I think it's shiitake um, coming out even against HPV and that progression of, you know, turning into some um, cancerous cells and things like that. So the way that they can protect our cells from oxidation and free radicals is unbelievable. So mushrooms really are the way of the future. I, I really do need to get on them again, but I've remember after COVID just being so flat and just not feeling myself and I made up a mix that had a few other things in it as well and then I had a mushroom mix and added that to it I was just like a whole new person it really just gave me that energy and you know helped fight any underlying you know virus that was still kind of lingering and they're incredible yeah there is so much research on them I have watched so many documentaries about them I there's one, he's like the main guy with mushrooms. He always wears like a little mushroom hat. I'm yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. Oh, it's like at the tip of my tongue. I almost like, um, I, I will link it to, down below in the show notes. He's like, he's been on like Joe Rogan a lot. He's done he's yes. on Netflix. You know who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. It's like, he's yeah, on the tip of my tongue. He's really cool. He's like, like leading the way with all these mushrooms and he does a lot of stuff with psychedelics and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I will link him below. Definitely, um, if anyone's like interested, like watch it. It's he's really cool. But um, so his cool. mum had I think ca- cancer, and um, mm-hmm. he did a lot of research with the mushroom turkey tail. Think it was yes, tail. yes, tur- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that like um, bit of an overreaching statement, but I, I cured his mother's cancer. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but watch the documentary. It's incredible. I need to. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't watched it actually, but that's what I mean. I can never say, you know, this cures this, but it's, yeah. um, they really do help just rebuild the body and protect our body from, you know, all of the things, free radicals and things like that, and help stop cancer cells from progressing. So, yeah, even on a more basic level, just I think mushrooms are something that people should implement in their life daily. Mm. I think there's no harm you know, even cooking with them, trying to implement them in your, you know, everyday dishes, 
has yeah. a capsule or, um, you know, a tonic or something like that. Mm-hmm. And one thing I also wanted to add, because I often um, get asked about what is the best mushroom to take, you know, is there one specific yes. one that I recommend? But what's really incredible about mushrooms is that they actually work better when you take them together. So they have this kind of synergistic energy that rather than taking one on its own, when you mm-hmm. pair them, to, when you combine them all together, it almost like enhances their power. So having a mix is better than picking one mushroom. For example, you know, I think Life Cycle, is it Life Cycle that sells the mushrooms? That you can get like, specific, that's not an ad for them. Um, you can get little specific. <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> yeah. Not sponsored. You can, you can, um, yeah, you can get like a testing pack of all the different. Um, that's actually really cool though. Cause I was going to ask yeah. you, I might, I might write that down and I'll link it for people below. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same. I often get asked, you know, which mushroom is the best or which one should I buy? And I'm like, if you have the opportunity, get one that is a blend. Um, it may be something that contains all of the different mushrooms because you're going to be getting such a greater impact from them when they all work together in that synergistic way. So mushrooms are amazing. Mushrooms are the way. Do you, um, so would you say like mushrooms are adaptogens? Is that correct? Or Um, are they like, is that two separate things? No, I would say some species are. So I think it is cordyceps, which is the main adaptogen. So that one's really um, helpful for the nervous system and it has its adaptogenic properties. I think it's been shown to um, just improve resistance to stress and mm-hmm. help with energy and convalescence, overcoming maybe illness and things like that. Um, that would be the main adaptogen. But with that being said, I find that most mushrooms do have that really grounding, nourishing, adaptogenic quality to them. But yeah. they, for example, um, chug is more to do with like that anti-cancer, antiviral aspect. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, it can be helpful in, in improving energy and things like that, like an adaptogen. But that's what I mean. Having them all together, they've all got their little powers that play and come together and help each other. Yeah. Yeah. There's like endless um, things to discover with uh, mushrooms. So, yeah, like you're saying, like look into it, get a couple and utilize them, I guess, to get the potential by using them together. Um, Are there any particular adaptogens that you specifically recommend? Is there something you specifically? For sure. So, for when I was recovering from COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes. So, yeah. There, there are so many and it really is individualized depending on what the person's going through or, you know, if it interacts with other medication that they're on. But the main ones that I was on was um, I think I had a mix of withania, so which is ashwagandha, that is a really beautiful adaptogen. It's really nourishing. It's got antiviral properties and it just is that kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It kind of just has everything. Yeah. It's, just, it's yeah. incredible. It's, it can really touch on so many aspects of your health. Um, and really encompasses it all. It can really just give you that boost that you need Um, Mm -hmm. and it's helpful in convalescence, you know, getting over um, illness as well. Yeah, Rhodiola is one that can be quite stimulating. So I was on Rhodiola purely for the energy aspect of it. I had to get through uni and clinic and all of that. Um, It really gives you that stimulation, that boost of energy that you need, especially after the fatigue that comes from being ill. It really helps you get up and go. It stimulates the brain, things like that. There's like Siberian ginseng. There's so many different ones that it really depends on the presentation. So some of them you can only use for acute acute time. So short term, if someone just needs it maybe for two weeks, otherwise Mm -hmm. something like ashwagandha, that could be a daily supplement that you have in like, you can mix it in your tea or something like that. So So they're so incredible. I've I've probably put the adaptogen in most people's mixes when I make one. I'm like, here you go. 
Yeah, yeah. take that. Enjoy. Like, you'll feel incredible. <laughs> and yeah, I think adaptogens are really kind of, even in memes, I follow so many pages where it's like, I, I didn't have my adaptogens today. Like, it's almost like the new <laughs> coffee in a way. Like, yeah, nice. um, they're really on the rise and more and more people are starting to understand what adaptogens do and the way that they can really um, just help with, I guess, protecting ourselves from day-to-day life, helping mm. protect against stress and regulating our nervous system, helping, you know, our sleep cycle and things like that. So yeah, they're an all-rounder. Adaptogens are mm. definitely like a hot topic lately. Like I just yeah. kept seeing it. I'm, I don't know it's because I'm just more perceptive to it, but I feel like I um, am hearing it like so much. Like people are making a lot of drinks with adaptogens in it mm-hmm. and it's just um, definitely popping up everywhere, So, um, which is an amazing thing. It's amazing that we're kind of utilising all these different types of um I guess supplements you could say absolutely yeah um but yeah on on the mushrooms I feel like that's literally like the um like just skimming the surface like I feel eventually Australia is always like super behind but I I don't feel like there's many Australian figures that talk about like mushrooms in the psychedelic sense like to heal Mm. like tumors and PTSD and stuff like that but I find that like endlessly fascinating I'm just like whoa I find it so fascinating. I find probably that side of it with the psychedelics is definitely out of my realm. Like I yes, couldn't, really, I, couldn't yeah. really couldn't really speak too much on that. Prescribe I people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um I've heard so many great things about you know the future in in psychedelics and things like that um for yeah. the nervous system, but. For me personally in clinic, it is more about that like antiviral and helping you know with the immune system. Um, yeah. But they, but the more that they get become researched, we're going to find out so much more about different species yeah. that we may not even know and the powers that they have. So, yeah, it's incredible. I think most people know mushrooms like, oh, they're a good source of vitamin D. Yes, yeah. that's correct. But beyond that, they are just, they'll probably take over the world one day. Yeah, no, I think mushrooms, they're like second yeah. to humans, like taking over the world. Like, um, <laughs> again, like I'll literally, I'll link the thing below, but in this documentary, it's saying that, um, fungi is like the largest living organism, like underneath humans, or it's even bigger than humans almost. Like, it's oh, like, yeah. Like, it's so crazy. It's mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually mind blowing. <laughs> um, but that's really cool. That's awesome advice. I'm definitely going to start taking, um, some, some mushrooms and some adaptogens because I'm always looking for that little bit of um, like energy boost and I definitely feel like super fried from coffee. Like I can't have too much coffee. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I think adaptogens are the new caffeine because so many people start their day. You can quote me on that actually. Yeah, I'm going to quote you on that. In like five Um, time, I'll be like, Alana, you're a rich woman. You claimed it. You claimed it. Um, but so many people like start, so I have clients come in and they, they really start their day. They're like, I need my coffee in the morning. I can't wake up without it. And that really gets them going. As soon as, you know, I pop them on a little mix that has some adaptogens in it. They're like, Oh my God, I took my herbs in the morning and I haven't even craved a coffee today because we're, it's, it's amazing, which I love to hear it. And we're just stimulating our own natural, I guess, chemicals that wake us up. We don't need the caffeine. We just need that little booster to do it on our own. And it comes back to our own body's ability to heal itself. We have yes. the power to do it. We just need to give it the right tools. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. I did want to touch on um, PMS symptoms because some people say PMS symptoms are normal. Some people say you really shouldn't be experiencing PMS symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, are PMS symptoms, I've asked this to so many people because I'm really curious, is it like a PMS symptoms a sign that something's not quite functioning right or is it just normal yeah i think 
That's a really great question. I mm. I would say that PMS symptoms are normalized, but they're mm-hmm. not normal. They shouldn't be normal mm-hmm. and they shouldn't be something that we have to go through every month. So wow. I think we really, you know, we've grown up with just knowing that we have cramps, people stay home from school because their periods are too painful. And we just grow up knowing that that's the norm. And yeah. we're not really, we don't really question it. We just know periods come with pain and all these symptoms and that's it. Mm-hmm. But when you really dive deeper and you learn a little bit a bit more about why PMS symptoms occur, it, you realize that it actually isn't normal and we shouldn't be dealing with that because a period should come and go with ease. You shouldn't really know that it's coming. You shouldn't have to, you know, take time off work, things like that, and be affected, which is so interesting. And PMS symptoms usually come from a a dysfunction somewhere else in the body. So going back to, you know, stress, the nervous system, or liver liver insufficiency where maybe we're not excreting, uh, clearing out estrogen as efficiently as we should be. We really do look at those underlying issues of are our organs doing what we need to do? Are our hormones functioning the way that we need to? And what is influencing that? And it can be such a wide range of things. It can be external. It can be environmental stresses. It can be um, external toxins and things that we're exposed to every day that affect our hormones, like plastics and air pollution, all of those things. I think you had a yeah. podcast on that. I might have listened to it. Um, oh, yeah. The, someone um, else was talking about it. Yes, with nutrient. I think it was um, Jackie Piper's maybe. Yes. And just yeah. those external um I guess, environmental toxins that can really be affecting the way that our hormones work and um, are produced as well as internal and nutrition wise, you know, we're not eating properly when we, it can go go back to blood sugar dysregulation where Mm. we might be fasting or we're eating the wrong foods and causing um, just dysregulation with our blood sugar and metabolism, things like that. One thing I do like to look at is just how our hormones are working in the body. Mm -hmm. And it really does come back to digestion as well. As I said before, we really need to be eliminating and go into the toilet every day because estrogen is cleared out through the bowels with our poops and with our feces. It kind of binds with fibrin. We excrete it that way. So when, for example, someone might come in and they've they've got a history of constipation, digestive issues, liver insufficiency, and they're not going to the toilet every day, but then Mm -hmm. they're coming in with PMS symptoms, hormonal acne on the chin, things like that, it is because that there may be an estrogen dominance that estrogen's not being cleared as efficiently right. and is being re- recycled in the body and there is almost too much and kind of throwing things out of whack. So wow. it's it's like a lot. It is a yeah. lot. And when, you know, when people are out there just thinking that, you know, it's normal to stay home or I'll deal with my cramps, I'll take a Panadol, I just yeah. wish that I could get the message out there that it isn't normal and you really need to find out what the reason is because life can be great if you can really sort out yeah. um, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things, again, where it's like, you know, it's not optimal but I'm okay. Like I'm just getting Absolutely. by. And it's like, yeah. Um, I've, I've always believed that, like, I've said this on another podcast, another podcast that it's our birthright to be in, like, full, in, in good health, in good health. Like, that is just yeah. a given. Like, that shouldn't be something where you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm so lucky. It's like, no, that is, like, your right to go about this, like, life feeling, like, energized, healthy and well. And granted, you're not always going to feel that way. But um, when you don't, like, take that as a sign as your body being like, hey, like, something's not quite right. Like, let's yeah. just figure this out. Yeah, absolutely. It really comes so down interesting. to yeah, being in tune with your body, understanding that your symptoms are actually signs that your body's giving you. Like, wake up, I'm yeah. giving you the symptoms so you can go and investigate it um, yeah. rather than ignoring it. And we do all have the right to feel optimal 
you know, most of the time, you know, we want, we will get sick. It is normal to get sick, but we need to be able to bounce back quickly. Yeah. And we all deserve that, you know, you know, to not have these burdens on us and have a great absolutely. life. And I guess that's where naturopathy fits in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, you touched on insulin resistance when we were talking about PMS or, um, you know, making sure that our insulin is functioning properly. And um, I don't know, again, like why I've only learned this this year. Like I've had so many like breakthroughs with um, all this health information that I've been learning. Mm-hmm. But you made an Instagram post and you said um, put some clothes on your carbs, like dress yep. your carbs, right? And I can't, I kind of understand what you mean, but I don't. I think maybe a lot of people won't really um, completely understand what you mean by that. So, do you want to um, delve into that because it's so interesting to me? Absolutely. This is yeah. This is like my new obsession now. I've really yeah. gone deep into into researching about about blood glucose regulation, dysregulation. Oh, it's as well. So interesting. It's so fascinating. It can often be really ignored. Like you almost yeah. No, some people don't. I'll say for myself, yes, I have really been looking into that and, and understanding how our blood sugar really can affect so many different things. And yeah. I must give a shout out. There's an Instagram um, who I love, Glucose Goddess. They, their page pretty much is they dedicate their life pretty much to research around glucose regulation and all the effects that it has on the body. And they've really yeah. inspired me to dive a little bit deeper in that to help mm-hmm. my clients as well. But um, putting clothes on your carbs basically is about food pairing. So surrounding your carbohydrates good carbohydrates and sugars with a protein and a fat so research shows that if you are consuming a sugar or a carb when you pair it with a protein or a fat it actually helps reduce the insulin uh, sorry the glucose spike Mm -hmm. where you know you eat something sugary you have a glucose spike and then you crash Mm-hmm. So when you when you pair that with something else that's a bit fattier, a bit protein, more protein, you will have more of sustained energy. You won't have a crash. Your yeah. glucose and insulin levels will be more stable, and mm-hmm. in turn, that will help with you know longer, you know, more energy sustainability throughout the day. It can mm-hmm. help with our skin health, um, our hormonal health, and all these things. So I'm very encouraging of people to start their day with a very nutritious breakfast, so protein, fat, and carbs, not just waking up and having a coffee on an empty stomach, which will just wreak havoc. Holy anxiety. anxiety. <laughs> yeah, the anxiety and yeah. <laughs> that, that spike of, like, I need another coffee about half an hour later because I don't feel sustained. But um, yeah. it's really encouraging that frequent, not, not super frequent, but having a hearty breakfast that's going to sustain you until lunch and then another yeah. one until dinner and keeping yeah. our levels stable. So, yeah. yeah, it's very interesting and um, even just with skin health as well. So I've had some clients come in with acne and then they'll tell me that they have a coffee in the morning and then banana and something and then eat. they won't eat and then they'll have something really random for dinner. And that really comes down to <laughs> something really <laughs> like, you know, I'll have some cereal and then yeah. I'll have a stir fry or like, a sandwich or things like that, which not enough substance. Yeah, not enough yeah. substance, and and they are very full of carbohydrates, and they're not eating frequently, and their blood glucose, blood sugars all over the place, and they people don't realize that there is a massive relationship between insulin and the way that it acts on estrogen. So then, in turn, mm-hmm. that can affect our cycle and our hormone health and our skin. So yeah, I really do hone in on the blood sugar dysregulation and putting clothes in your calves. It is so important. 
It's super important and it's helped yeah. me so much in just my overall health. Like even, for example, like if you're going out for dinner or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, they usually always serve bread first thing before your meal. Like, yeah. you know, wait, wait, keep a piece of bread like on your plate, like eat like your meal, like properly, and then like have the bread instead of like spiking your insulin like crazy. And then absolutely, yes. you end up eating more of it anyway because you're just like, oh, my God, usually you get to dinner hungry and then you like eat all the bread. Yeah, you I get excited and you're like, like, I need yeah. to eat this. And then you're in a food yeah. coma. So, yeah. yeah. And, and you haven't even gotten to your main meal yet, guys. Yes. <laughs> well, full. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, as, and that's really great that you said that because there is even an order of how you should eat as well. So, mm-hmm. even if you've got a plate of food and you've got, you know, broccoli, meat, avocado, you know, and some rice, yeah. go for the protein or the fat first. Yeah. Um, or the fiber, say a vegetable, and then go for the starchy carb mm-hmm. or the sugar um, refined. Carb- uh, not refined, unrefined carbohydrate. Unrefined. So even just thinking about being more conscious about the order that we're eating, what we're pairing our foods with, and great examples are I often give my clients some ideas like having um, an apple but with some nuts or yes. some peanut butter or avocado yep. with toast rather than a, a toast with jam, which is like sugar mm-hmm. on sugar. So yep. making sure that balance is there yeah. and that they're always pairing their carbs with something else. Yeah, I love that. It makes a huge difference, yeah. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. And I love to clarify these things because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm eating healthy, like I'm focusing on eating healthy. And that's that's well and good, like that's awesome. But when you really get into it, it's like, oh, like once you have like these certain principles of like, okay, I'm going to make sure that my carbs aren't just um, only by themselves and, you know, I'm going to eat them along with other foods. Uh, like mm-hmm. a protein or a fat, I'm going to make sure that I don't eat my carbohydrates first. Like all these like tiny little tweaks, I think actually make healthy eating easier because there's a little, there's, I know it sounds like more structured, but I actually feel like there's a bit more um, freedom in it because, you know, you'll just be going out to dinner and and instead of thinking like, oh my God, I've got to pick something healthy. You're like, okay, well, what's going to actually like work for my body? Am I going to have like a whole plate of pasta? Meh, like maybe I'll have like the meat with like a bit of rice or something like that. Mm. I mean, when you have like set principles, it just makes um, healthy eating a bit more of a lifestyle as opposed to just like this little, um, you know, task that you're trying to complete for a short Absolutely. Of time. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of, that's a really important thing is that you don't need to be cutting out carbs and sugar and things yeah. like that. Oh, it depends, it's really individualized, but yeah. generally speaking, you know, you can have, um, you know, say a dessert, but then pairing that with maybe some nuts or having some apples, apple cider vinegar beforehand, which is a really great blood glucose regulator. Um, you can do these things to improve your blood sugar regulation rather than cutting it out completely. I think there yeah. is a misconception around that one thing is bad, you know, carbs are bad, sugar is bad, but it is about how you are eating it, what yeah. are you pairing it with. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of discussion around that. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so you're based in Melbourne, aren't you? Yeah, yep. So I'm in Brunswick. Awesome. So are you taking on new clients at the moment? Like how do you usually, how do you work? You've got um, lots of information on your Instagram. Like where where else can people kind of get in touch with you? I'll pop all your stuff below. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so I so I work from, I, I work for myself in Brunswick. I have a home-based clinic and I do in-person consults and online. So via telehealth, um, I can reach anyone around Australia or you can pop into my clinic in Brunswick. And yeah. And I also have a promotion on for January. It's 10% off. So good. Oh, that's awesome. That's a very good way to start off the new year. Yes. For anyone thinking about seeing an Path, I think there's no better time than the present. So yeah. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. Like I said, I'll pop all of Alana's stuff below. So definitely reach out to her, get in touch. If you have any questions that maybe we didn't clarify enough through here, you can um, DM her um, and work with her if you want to, because why wouldn't you? Thank you so much. It was so nice to chat with you. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure.